Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hit it. Why is that? The girl. The girl. The girl. The girl. <laughs> 
to Islam. Assalamu alaikum. Salam. Shalom. Hotep. I want to welcome all to another airing of Conscious Vibes Radio. Of course, I'm your host, Ramiel Hill Bay. And I want to thank you for taking the time out of your moon day to uh, to join us. Today's subject will be knowledge is given in degrees, respecting ancient Moors rites and rituals. Before we get into the subject at hand, <clears throat> we'll, I want to make a couple of announcements. Uh, we have Emir Tajtari Bay coming to uh, the area, to the Sacramento and Oakland, San Francisco territories, and that is October the 15th and 16th. The event for <clears throat> will be held in the Oakland Territory at 3100 Telegraph. And that event will start at 10 a.m. and go to 5 p.m. And it is a seminar. You will have myself uh, speaking on the science of government, and you have Emir Tashiri uh, Bay speaking on um, taking control of your estate. Again, this will be a seminar. This will not be a lecture, so you will have um, books, information given to you, those who are participating in uh, for you to take notes and information that was get, is given to you uh, for for it to be a teaching and a learning aid for yourself during the uh, during the seminar. If you do not between now and the time that this broadcast ends, if you are not registered before this broadcast ends, it will be. Um, 40 notes after this broadcast ends. If you have made your contribution, uh, of course, you pay 30 notes, um, and you have, again, until this broadcast ends, you have, you have time to go to PayPal, and you will pay Northgate Bay. Northgate Bay is who you will pay, and it will be 30 notes. If you want to do a live stream of the event that is 20 notes. Again, when this broadcast ends, then the contribution for the seminar will go up to 40 notes. In the Sacramento Territory, that event will start at 3 p.m. and go till 7 p.m. That event is now 30 notes. You will go to PayPal and spell out nine, N-I-N-E, five, 
Let me make sure that I'm correct on this email, actually, before I give it out here. I'm going to have to pull that email up. Uh, I think it's 95 at prodigy.net. I'm going to pull it up uh, to be sure here. Um, That will take place. That um, event will take place at 3411 Atua. And again, it will start at um, 3 p.m. and go till 7 p.m. You are advised to get your seat for both events now. Excuse me, the event in Sacramento Territory is at 4311 Atua, and you go to 95N I N E F I V E at net. P-R-O-D-I-G-Y dot net. You are advised to get your uh, admission paid for both events if you're attending both or whichever one you're attending. The seating at both events is limited. This is not a 100-cheer, 200-cheer place, so each one of the uh, places has limited seating. So do not wait. Don't hesitate. Um, you know, get in contact with us if there's an issue with making the uh, contribution to make sure that you can reserve your seat. Let us know. By sending also, you can send emails to either one of those email addresses to make sure that you're good. Um, you also have the More Unity Clothing Store, online clothing store that is now up and going. So you can go to um, square, like circle square, squareup.com forward slash store forward slash more dash unity dash clothing. And support more unity clothing. It is a Moorish American clothing line using ancient uh, symbols. Um, and making them cheap and stylish for modern times so that we can actually rock our own culture. They're great conversation pieces. We have things both for men and women. So go to that. You can also um, find it on, I think it's more the Morris directory. Um, you can also find more Unity Clothing. I think it's on the Morris directory. I have to get that, the exact website address. I'll have it by the end of the show. I think that is it for the announcements. Um, So let's jump right on in. So today's show, we'll be discussing the ancient rituals and initiations. What I'm finding um, and what I'm seeing all around right now is that Because we are so fragmented, because we are so fragmented, we are literally in a rush to pull everything back in, and we're skipping over the way that things were done 
and the way that we've always done things uh, from an archaic standpoint. There are ways in which we do certain things. And because we've been separated from our culture for so long, we've lost these ways. So we no longer have the same understanding and a lot of times the same respect that we once did for certain customs, uh, for certain ways of doing things. And that in itself means that we're still out of order and it's causing us to continuously be a laughing stock amongst the nations. If you, if we, if all of us, if I don't respect the customs of the ancient foremothers and forefathers, then those customs, of course, aren't respected by any, anyone else in the world. You can only garner the amount of respect from others that you give of your, to yourself. And because we are not giving these things the proper respect, then, of course, it's still very difficult for us to be seen um, correctly worldwide. When I'm looking around and I'm seeing different events or different um, individuals, whatever the case may be, and you have people who are, who are wearing things such as uh, the black fairs and don't understand why they shouldn't be worried, wearing a black fez or wearing a white fez and may not understand why they shouldn't be wearing a white fez. You also see the outgrowth of a lot of the um, jewels and jewelry coming along that represents certain degrees of knowledge, and it's becoming more of a fad than an ancient custom showing the different degrees of knowledge. Now, understanding that knowledge is given in degrees, you have the three degrees of understanding. You have belief, faith, and fruition. You also have the seven, seven degrees within the MST of A. And with these degrees, comes rites and rituals of initiations, and these would be called your adept chambers or your adept schools and your adept thought. Within the Moorish order, the prophet set these things up so that those who wished to completely remove the veil would have the information readily available to them to do so. So as the temples were set up, the foundation of the temple was to be used in part to allow those coming out of the Christian orders to move into a system that did not completely overwhelmed them. So they were brought into the MST of A 
and they would start they would start to learn Islam. Of course, Islam is coming out of the Holy Quran, of the Moors Temple of Science, and it uses some of the same attributes or names and nomins that are in the Bibliotheliotext. And this was set up purposely because it was a degree of knowledge. And it was exchanging one, one degree of knowledge for another in most cases because most of our brothers was coming out of the Christian, the Christian doctrine. The prophet then went on to set up the adapt chambers. Adapt chambers were open to those who wanted to take the knowledge to the sublime level, who wanted to actually remove themselves from the degree of belief and move into faith and then eventually move into mastery and adapt. And this is how the whole system within the MST of A was set up. And as you came into the MST of A, you would then be given these, these, this knowledge based on where you're coming in at, based on how far and how quickly you could excel and take things in. Eventually, in 1964, you had C.M. Bay, who set up the Great Seal Cultural Club inside of the Moore Science Temple. Now, this was another degree of information. It was set up to continue the teaching of government because of the great compromise that took place after the prophet. And so with this degree of knowledge, you had those who understood the importance of learning structural concepts and understandings of government, political science. And this becomes great seal. And within Great Seal, there are also degrees of knowledge. There's the understanding of the Zodiacus, Zodiacus. There's the understanding of cosmology, astronomy. There's also the understanding of all ancient spiritual practices. And then there's the mastering, which deals with the, the ability to work your tools. And this was how the Moore's right or the Moore's divine national movement was set up. Now, <clears throat> what we're seeing is that because people really don't have the knowledge of the order, we have a lot of foreign concepts about how things are supposed to go. 
we're doing a lot of self-appointing, and that means that, one, the individual, in many cases, who's doing the self-appointing lacks humility and lacks understanding. Because we have enough of a structure to where if patience was actually a virtue within the individuals, they could then seek out the right facilities that would give them the ability to go through the chambers. Or or one of the master teachers would actually tap them on the shoulder without them necessarily having to seek out seek it out themselves. It can work both ways. You can actually be taken to the chambers on an official basis. There's rituals that are performed, and then you have the tapping of on the shoulder, whereas you may not, you may have, you may be understood to already be of such a degree to where some of the lower rituals are not necessary. And so you're passed to the degrees based on the knowledge that you have. But it's still done by a master teacher. For instance, if you walk into a dojo and you have already, based on them watching you and seeing you within the dojo, have, they have already been able to see that testing you at the lower belt is not necessary, they may then bring you into a higher degree of belt without you having to test into the white belt, the yellow belt. They may move you up to the brown belt because of your experience that you have already because you've shown that ability. So there are many ways that these things are done. These are archaic principles. As early as we can go back into a civilization, you find these principles at hand. When we go back into early civilizations, whether you're going back into uh, the ancient matriarchate and forward, you find rites and rituals, rites of passage. One of the earliest forms of the rites of passage is the simple rites of passage into adulthood. And throughout the different extremities of the planet, you're going to find this done at various different times in adolescence. In many cultures, they are still celebrated today, um, i.e. your quinceañeras and things of that nature that you'll see going on. What would happen is that there was a degree of knowledge that was transferred to the adolescent. A young Moor 
a young Moabite male would have to learn skills of hunting, of fishing, self-defense, martial arts. They learn uh, different languages, learn his constitution, meaning his desires, his will, personal, trinity, be able to exhibit certain communication skills, learn certain mannerisms and signs and symbols, and then upon his celestial gate opening up, i.e. his born date, or a time initiates or young adolescents, more by males, would be taken into certain areas, and then they would be tested. They would literally be tested. And upon being tested, if they could not pass the test, then they would be given a time period to be retested. But until they passed the test, they were not considered men within the tribe, regardless of age. They were not considered men within the tribe. So that meant that they could not marry. They could not procreate. A young Moabite female would be given her own rituals where in part she would have to learn um, her own constitution. She would also have to learn how to take care of children. She would also have to learn certain uh, cooking exercises or recipes. She would also have to learn how to be an herbalist. She would also have to learn balanced communication. She would also have to learn the art of of, uh, diplomacy. And then she, along with other Moabite females, would be gathered or on her celestial return, i.e. her born date, birth date, she would be tested. If she passed the test, then she automatically be was uh, brought into the womanhood of the clan. She automatically inherited her inheritance or made herself inheritable. Failed, then again, she was not marriable. Now, before I finish this thought, I'm going to bring in the callers. We have two, and I want to get everyone in early um, and as we're going along so that we can have this conversation. I'm going to bring in 713 with the exchange 759, area code 713 with the exchange 751. 
Islam. Islam, bro. <clears throat> Peace, man. This is a very good topic of discussion, uh, Grand Sheik, and I just want to add to it and build with, uh, with what you're saying and, um, and basically say that, uh, you know, with degrees come a lot of responsibility. And when you mentioned a young man, you know, based off of certain rites of passage that he has to go through to qualify himself as a man, and if he don't meet the mark, he does not step into the men arena. That's just it. You know, uh, with degrees come qualifications. You got to study to show yourself approved. And um, with qualifications become benefits. You know, and it, it goes mm-hmm. back to the old uh, axiom that rank and titles have their privileges. But, you know, mm-hmm. you just don't walk up and automatically just start grabbing privileges and grabbing the benefits. You got to study to show yourself approved, and you got to be qualified. And uh, basically, you have to be tapped on the shoulder. You can't just walk up into a body of knowledge and say, hey, now I'm the master teacher. Well, what was who was the master teacher that taught, taught you? You know, and um, mm-hmm. you got to ha- you got to have a history. A history is, you know, who was your teachers along the way? Who taught you? Who raised you up? How did you enter this? You know, how did you uh, pass to the next degree? You know, it's all a process. And I mm-hmm. think that um, often we get – we get it misconstrued that, you know, we get self-absorbed in, in what we're learning and we start to feel good about ourselves, which is nothing wrong with that. But you can't appoint yourself to be the president or you can't appoint yourself to be the, the, the grand sheik or the sultan or, you know, the uh, the emir. You have to uh, show yourself Indeed. approved with that, you know. And, you know, that's Indeed. what I just want to elaborate on. You know, with degree with knowledge you have to meet people on the level of where they at. Everything is done on the, on the level, and different degrees are on different levels. And so, you know, you, and you have certain uh, outer appearance and outer wearing that identifies you with certain uh, uh, certain titles and certain levels of understanding. But you can't just dress yourself up as you see fit, you know, uh, because you feel like you have – a certain amount of knowledge who has tested you who, have, who has qualified you in that effort you know what I'm saying so that's all I had to say uh, with right. that Islam 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 and that is very very true um, when we're looking at it within the, the symbols and things of that nature that are worn also when there are things that are passed along based on the degrees that are obtained so when the young man moves into adulthood, he may get a spear, and that spear for his clan may represent his masculine energy in his adulthood, meaning that he's passed through those rituals. And if someone was to um, walk around, let's say his younger brother who had not been initiated and had passed into adulthood, if they were to walk around with that staff, there was penalties for that. It was sacred. It was very, very sacred. And we have to learn to respect those things on a much greater level than what we're showing right now. I'm going to bring in 916, exchange 346, area code 916 with the exchange 346. Islam, Islam, you're live. Can you hear me? Area code 916 with the exchange 346. 
Okay, it looks like they may have pushed it by accident. I'm going to bring in uh, area code 347 uh, with the exchange 443. Area code 347 with the exchange 443. Islam. Islam, Islam, Al, to You can hear me all right, family? Islam, sis. Yeah, so you have, um, uh, for a second I heard your computer in the background. If you can turn that down, that'll be great. Other than that, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Is that all right? Let me see. Yep, that's better because I don't hear myself now. Okay. Um, well, you know, I really appreciate you having this conversation because it is something that um, needs to be stated um, as far as people just putting certain titles amongst, um, placing titles upon themselves, and they haven't gone through a testing, you know what I mean, publicly, to mm-hmm. where they can deserve such a ranking, you know, not everything is, is, is supposed to be for public consumption, you know, and I think like titles mm-hmm. such as, you know, chief, emir, um, you know, things like you saying wearing the, wearing certain garments that's attributed to high um high elders and rank um certain ranks or positions within our nation we, we it it makes it it makes it so that it makes us look like we don't know what we're doing you know what i mean like mm-hmm. for everybody you can like mm-hmm. for instance you can have everybody walking around claiming to be a doctor and they don't know nothing about performing surgery on nobody you know what I mean? There's certain levels that you do have to go through, and it takes a, a humble individual to really sit back and be like, okay, I'm going to go through these steps, and I'm going to show myself a tool, such as Brother Neil said, so that when I do get tested, I can show and prove right then mm-hmm. and there. It ain't even a question, you know? And that's the mindset that our people got to get back into. When we say that we're eternal mm-hmm. students, that's a real thing. We don't, it's not, we, yes, we master self, don't get that twisted, but when it comes to actually uh, projecting ourselves in society as certain things, as like a career or something, you actually have to earn those degrees. You can't place it upon yourself, and I'm just grateful that you are willing to um, elaborate why it is so um, important for us not to mm-hmm. be so self-righteous when it comes to being in this movement. Like, yes, understandably, there are things that have, we have been deprived of as a people. So when you come onto this information, you just want to soak up everything and, and just claim everything. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it does, you, you do have to learn how to soak your passions and square your conduct. And the way you do that is just by taking your time and studying. So I appreciate you, family. Sure, I'm not going to take up too much of your time. All right, peace and love. Islam, you know, you're more than welcome to come back in at any time. Indeed, indeed. Peace. Are you the floor? With those initiations that we spoke of, with the young Moabite male and the Moabite female, by them passing, then they come into the privileges and the rights because they are both within a clan. There are privileges and then there are rights within your clan. And by being able to show yourself approved by passing the test, then at that point, 
then you are fully initiated into your inheritance. Now, your inheritance is the knowledge. So now you are able to go further. You're a man now. You're a woman now. Now, understand how important this was because as the mother Rishi alluded to is that you have to show yourself approved and if you don't responsibility of those who are getting you ready to finish getting you ready because if not then the clan looks out of order. When you became a man, you had to be able to carry on the heritage. You had to be able to uh, protect the Moabite mothers. Imagine if all the men were able to just claim being a man, as we see today, inquisition is system, you're a man when you turn 18. There's no initiation. There's no rites of passage. You're 18. You're a man now. You're a woman now. That breeds irresponsibility. It also breeds the ability to procreate and have nothing to pass on to your children, and it breeds a breakdown of the domestic system, i.e. the family system, which then breeds the separation that we see today. Because you cannot, you are, we are no longer assured that our men know how to lead and protect and provide properly. We're no longer assured that. Because there is no right to passage that we have initiated within our own domestic structures. Nor in, in most of you, in your churches, your synagogues, there is no real structure, even within the cultures that carry out these rituals, like the Kintietta, there is no real right of passage. It's just a ritual. So now we see how that is given course to the breakdown of the structure of the domestic unit and the clan. Because the right and rights and the rituals are no longer respected and the knowledge is no longer transferred. So now you have the self-appointed male and female. I'm a, I'm a male because I have some hair under my nose and I have hair on my genitalia. I'm a female because I've got hair on my genitalia and hair under my arms and my breasts have grown. I've got my period. Now I'm a female. That's the self-appointed woman and man who has who bears no knowledge of self and no knowledge of how to chart a course for their domestic structures and how to keep balance 
and unity. So we see that breakdown literally by us no longer respecting the rites and rituals and the customs of the ancient foremothers and forefathers. Now in ancient Akupta, in what we call the, what is misnomer to mystery schools, where you have the rites and rituals of Asa, Aset. There were several initiations that took place. And one of the things that I won't do today, and on purpose, is that I won't disclose what the meanings of the rituals are. Because what we won't do on this particular show is allow people to listen to the show and then think they got it. and then begin to go off and start teaching it as if they got it and now can pass it on to other people when they've never been initiated themselves. Because truthfully, if you've been tapped on the shoulder, if you went through the chambers, if you've really sat at the, at the foot of, the, of a master teacher, then you would actually already know things that I'm speaking of at least for the most part, you would have an, a, 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 at least an understanding of these things, even if you don't know them to its complete full extent. Because, again, these are degrees. And so you may start out at one level at a lower degree, And then move up and get other degrees. But you have to be going through the process. One of and the seriousness of these things cannot be overly expressed. In Ikupta, one of the rituals was that the initiate prior to being accepted prior to being accepted would be lowered into a pit of snakes. He would have to stay in the pit three days and three nights. If the snakes killed him, then, of course, he couldn't go any further. If he made it out, then he was accepted into the schools. He was accepted into the schools if he made it out. That wasn't even... To a degree of knowledge, that was to be to become an initiate. Do you understand what I'm saying? That was to become an initiate. Do 
That's how serious the knowledge and being able to wear the titles was. It was that serious. You had to survive in a pit of snakes. And this is literal. This that is not figuratively figurative, excuse me. That is actual history. You also have some of the rituals where the initiate is given is is taken into a room with a golden door where he has someone individual on his left who stands with a lion's head and the individual on the right who stands with the head a mask of a lamb. You have in this ceremony a door that slams shut. And then as that ritual, that initiation goes, then that initiate is taken through other rituals to symbolize esoterically different aspects of the soul's involution and journey into the mundane world or the 3D. These are real things that actually take place. You have one, and I'm going to read an excerpt, and I'm going to literally leave out the meaning of what it is because I want you to see the initiation part of the initiation process. It says, you next, the neophyte is led down a spiral stairway of 22 steps and through a second bronze door which when closed so harmonizes with the, with the wall of circular chamber into which it opens as to be undetectable. He is halted upon the verge of an abyss and commanded to cross his arms upon his breast and remain motionless. In the heavens, I'm going to admit that, says the heavenly cross due to the revolution of the earth on its axis apparently moves around the heavens each day from east to west, and due to the procession of the equinox, moves through the constellations also from east to west, through slowly, and thus is symbolized by the blank, which it points turns into to the left, and this being the emblem of evolution. The blank, with its points turned to the right, is the emblem of involution. The candidate now halted upon the abyss represents the state which state in which the blank is being taken and removed from Adam from for the creation. The abyss represents blank into which the ego cannot descend, upon which it directly can have no influence. It has evolved, let's see, while the candidate stands motionless upon the verge of the abyss, the two guardians who have accompanied him 
from an altar and dressed in white linen robes. One wears a girdle of silver and a mask representing blank. The other wears a girdle of gold representing blank. The robe of the white symbolizes blank. I'm leaving it out on purpose. Again, I'm leaving it out on purpose because these things are a part of the ancient rites of initiation. Now, that is a part of the initiations of the ancient mystery school. And each a part of that initiation symbolizes different things, dealing with the soul's evolution and involution. The initiate is responsible for understanding this. Very, very responsible for understanding it. If they cannot pass those tests to get in, then they can't get in. It is also symbolized in the ritual of baptism, which has its archaic understanding and presence in ancient times. Because even that is an initiation. It has a representation in the esoteric realm and the exoteric realm. And so as the initiate went through these different chambers, there are different spectacles that take place that represent certain parts of existence, certain parts of nature represents equilibrium. And the initiation itself has to do with passing from the darkness into the marvelous light. An individual can't understand what those things symbolize, then they would be sent back and maybe at another appointed time, to become an initiate. Understand, this is not the knowledge itself. This is the initiation. This is the initiation and all of the symbols that must be understood with the initiation. Why is the initiate's arms crossed? Why is white linen being worn? Why are are there two um, animals symbolized on his left and his right? Why is the door slammed? Why is he taken through three doors? This is literally a part of the actual initiation. There's another part that I will read. Then from out of the abyss, only half of his body visible, rises a horrible mechanical scepter. 
holding in its hands a huge scythe, sketchy, which barely misses him, sweeping past the neophyte's neck seven times. The scepter is a symbol of blank. The scythe represents the changes which time brings. Only the upper half of the scepter is visible to designate that the blank qualities of the soul alone blank the changes of time. The seven sweeps of the scythe, weapon of death, indicate that blank both in involution and evolution, blank through conditions ruled by each of the blank blank. Now, according to Kabbalistic doctrine, before the creation of the universe, there existed all diffusive spirit called blank. From this, the universe came into manifestation by the means of ten emanations. The first, which was called Kethor, or crown, signifies motion and corresponds to human affairs to the ego. We'll skip down. After the enactment of this drama, the Thesmiotes lead the neophyte to the door of a small dark tunnel, giving him a lamp with which to light his way. The lamp represents, listen to, will direct the soul all right. He is now left to his own devices to indicate that the twin souls each go their separate ways. The tunnel, the tunnel is so small that to enter it, he must proceed on hands and knees and to indicate that one cycle of necessity has been entered. There is no turning, ex- turn, there is no turn except through following out nature's plan. The door immediately shuts behind him. Then the tunnel dips more and more downward as he follows it until until finally it ends abruptly at the brink of a crater formed like an inverted cone. The cone finally ends abruptly. The cone, no, the tunnel symbolizes blank. Downside, down the side of this cone, he observes an iron ladder of 78 rung, rungs. And finding no other method of advance, he descends it. At the bottom of the ladder, he observes when he arrives there a yawning well. Therefore, to find a way out, he starts to ascend, looking carefully by a means of egress. Climbing seven steps toward upward, he notices a crevice in the rocks, just large enough to admit his body, and through this he squeezes to find himself at the foot of the ascending stairway. This is literally a whole ritual that's played out during an initiation. This ritual is played out during the initiation, not after you're initiated. A whole bunch of symbolism is represented there. Why is there 78 steps? Why is the number 22 used? These are degrees of knowledge. These are degrees. And if you can't understand those degrees, then it's because you're not initiated yet. And there's nothing wrong with that. 
the purpose purpose of the whole thing is literally just to get people to understand that this is literally, literally degrees of knowledge. And we have to start respecting it. I'm going to read you an insert from the Order of the Rose Cross. To show you when you're hearing Emir Tashrik Bey speaking of when he's going into somewhere and he's readily accepted. When you're hearing other people um, speaking in the same manner. And they're talking about how they're readily accepted. I'm going to read something from the Order of the Rose Cross. And we're only speaking of when you hear those who are giving you this information who are able to term themselves Emir, Grand Sheik, Sheik, Adept, Initiate. who have obtained the Adaptist degree. I'm going to read this insert and pay close attention to the historical figure and what it's implementing that took place. It says, in this sample, we meet with two aspects of great importance. One is the individual to be initiated, and the other is the initiator who provides the subject matter for deep reflection and sets the tone for the initiation. Beginning our consideration, we find that once the candidate has undertaken the experience of initiation and had those experiences that transform him into an initiate, he acquires a special designation. This is something intangible to layman, but that sets the initiate apart from those who have not received this initiation and is recognizable to other initiates. This quality creates a bond of fraternity something beyond blood ties that belongs to the fraternity of spirit. Said differently, someone who has become an initiate in any of the various types of initiation becomes united with other initiates and recognizes them as such. As a consequence, he has something in common with them that is recognizable to other initiates. In this respect, I will always remember the time when I was studying in high school as a boy. At that time in Spain, there was a religious, there was a certain degree of official intolerance for different forms of philosophical and religious thinking. It was obligatory that whether one were were a believer or not, one must study a subject called sacred history. The subject matter involved different courses covering the Old Testament, the gospel, and different dogmas and liturgy of the Catholic Church. In a, in a class of this type, which was called religious subjects, the professor told us of the story of how the Israelite priests admitted Alexander the Great to the Holy of Holies and in the temple of, at Jerusalem and how he was invited to make a sacrifice to Yahweh. 
It was on that occasion that I asked the professor of religion, of religion how it was possible that Alexander the Great, being a Greek and therefore pagan, was allowed to allowed admission to the temple to make a sacrifice to the true God. I remember the professor answering that Alexander the Great professed belief in the one true God, in the one God, the true God, and therefore could, could very well be admitted into an honorable way, admitted in an honorable way, and allowed to make a sacrifice in the temple of Jerusalem, even though his religion was different. Having said that, the professor continued in a robust tone. There was also possible that Alexander the Great had decided for political reasons to make a sacrifice to the God of the town that he had conquered and that the Israelite priests, to avoid reprisal and ally themselves with this new ruler, decided to admit the conqueror to the Holy of Holies of the temple and have him participate in the sacrifice. This experience remained in my thoughts without a rational explanation until sometime later when reflecting on esoteric ideals about what it means to be an initiate. I realized that in ancient times, just as in the present, one initiate could be recognized by another regardless of the place or religious custom. Therefore, he could be recognized and honorably admitted to the religious practices of any that he might visit. This aspect of unity among initiates is a fundamental pillar of all the mystic orders that I am familiar with. It is the same among some of my readers in this fact of unity among initiates, regardless of locality or traditional affiliation, is apparent in other examples. The great Greek conqueror, Alexander, became an initiate in one of the ancient mystery schools could readily be admitted to any temple in another country because regardless of material differences in politics, economic, or military status, etc., his standing in the fraternity of those who have been united in, the, in light transcends these other things. This fraternity of initiates has no other affiliation than that of the spirit and holds an absolute respect for the different paths of knowledge, the different schools, initiatory orders, and such, as well as the initiates themselves, regardless of their circumstances. No true traditional school of inner knowledge would ever lower itself to attempting to declare its own superiority or its ideals, philosophy, or practices, or any person or other organization or otherwise express intolerance or imp- implement requirements of servitude. In fact, such an action, such in fact, such actions are an implicit revolution of the lack of authenticity and good intentions of any supposed initiate or school who believes in this way. I'm going to before I elaborate on that, I'm going to bring back in three four seven exchange four four three. Code 347 with exchange 443, Islam. Islam, um, uh, well, what you stated, you know, it, it was, it, it pretty much spoke about, it, it correlates perfectly with the relationship between Neo and Morpheus, 
within the matrix. Mm-hmm. That was like the first thing mm-hmm. that came to my mind when you when you were uh, uh, reading the quote. And um, I think when it comes down to um, those steps, you know, that Neil had to take those 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 the inner learnings that he that he gained from the elders, you know, Morpheus as well as as well as the Oracle um, within the movie mm-hmm. should not be skipped over, you know, but no. My question to you mm-hmm. is, my my question to you is, what what would you say to those who subscribe to, um, the saying the priesthood is dead? Because that's a lot. That's that's the quote that I run into often, um, as a uh, excuse as to why they most would do what they do. You know, like regardless of what whomever says what. You know, the priesthood is dead. I'm just you know I'm doing my own thing. Noble Jew told me to be myself. You, you know what I mean? Like that kind mm-hmm. of attitude. Mm-hmm. What What would you say to that, Sam? Mm-hmm. I think that is, a, that is a hugely important question. I'm glad you brought it up. Because it's a, it's a twofold answer. One, they're correct. The priesthood is dead. Okay, that's true. But that's, that's symbolic. And those who are not well studied, use that saying and they take it way out of context is what it means. The the understanding of the priesthood being dead has to do more with the Piscean age, which was wrapped in ritual without understanding. And that's when you had the development of this priesthood that hold, held the esoteric meanings and subjected those to the exoteric Rituals, and that priesthood that held the knowledge is the dead priesthood, because as we go into the age of Aquarius, Aquarius represents six a.m. with the sun rising. Knowledge is coming up, and it no longer can be held back. It represents the fact that everyone is entitled. Entitled to the knowledge Everyone's entitled to it I'm going to say that again Everyone Is entitled To the knowledge The knowledge Is everybody On the planet's Birthright Everybody It doesn't matter what your race Or nationality is The knowledge is your birthright now, the titles may not be your birthright, but the knowledge is your birthright. Mm-hmm. And when we're looking at the aspect of the priesthood being dead, it represents ritual without knowledge and those who would like to subject those and keep people in subjection because they are of higher knowledge. The Aquarian age is represented by the water bird. The fact that there is someone who bears the water means that there's someone who comes from the ancient archaic priestly class to present the information to those. In order for those to for, for people to even be able to understand the knowledge, because remember that this is not everyone's journey on this planet at the time. In most cases, 
those who actually have and can cling to and take hold of the esoteric side of the information and be initiated into the different schools or themselves of the original archaic priestly class coming back to finish their work. And so, although symbolically they are correct, they are completely incorrect if they think that this thing means that you can go around self-appointing yourself. That is completely incorrect. There has never been a self-appointment on the planet. And the Aquarian age does not rep- represent a time of self-appointment all, all of a sudden. So when, you, when we hear people speak in that way, it is the job of those who actually do know to challenge that. To say, well, what do you mean the priesthood is there? What do you mean? Because if you don't have someone teaching you, if you don't have knowledge passed down and understanding given, just as, you know, understanding learned, then how do you know when you're right? I remember a personal story of mine. I had studied, I had been studying uh, different things for about 20 years. And, of course, my life, my life did not resemble my study okay, because I was doing different things. Once I came into the understanding of my Moorish heritage, I continued to study. I refused um, to do anything um, until I was comfortable with the knowledge. Upon me meeting, upon me meeting Amir Tashtarizek, my, I spoke to him and I said, look, there is nobody in my area to help me. There's nobody in my area to do anything for me that I know of. I said, so what I need from you is for you to blatantly tell me where I'm wrong. I need you to blatantly tell me when I'm wrong. And I started to literally, literally, run many things by him. And I said, tell me when I'm wrong, because this is the only way that I'm going to know. But I did not assume I had it. I'm in the, in, in the midst of an actual master teacher. My, my question to him is, can you help me? Because I'm not assuming I have anything. I'm studying by myself. And I need you to take me under your wing because I, I need to know that I'm, I'm on the right path because people are dependent on me. And it's that serious. But what you have is that you have the people, a lot of people who lack humility, who are searching for title. I got disciplined at one point. I got disciplined because I received title. Because I, I mean, and this is a little little happening that happened um, on this journey. Because I did not want title, I got discipline. And the discipline was that the very fact that you don't, that you're being told to take on a title, and you keep saying 
you don't want titles shows that you don't respect government. Because government is about order, and order has titles. That's how you keep order. And so this was me learning. And we have to respect that. We have to be okay and respect the learning process that it takes. And one of you, you know, you, you see it, me posted all the time, and I'll tell people everybody wants to be out there in the limelight until they really start getting questions and people start asking them stuff you don't know. Everybody wants to have a show, a, a, a talk show, a radio show, until they have callers call in with all of their issues because our people need help. And then they start asking you questions, and you're like, well, I don't know. I don't know. Why do I have to show? I don't know. That's because you're moving too fast, bro. When I talk, when I talk, um, when I talk dance at the Broadway Academy of Performing Arts, None of my students were allowed to teach class. You don't take dance class and then go start your own studio. And I knew I knew that from a very young age. Like I had, even when I was in my 20s and was not on my Morris knowledge, my Morris understanding, my Morris science, I respected titles. And I understood that it was to me a dishonor to any craft, to any craft, to see a student teaching on a high level that not that has not proved that they have mastered the craft yet. Meaning that if I'm in dance, if I'm in, in in a dance class, I don't care how long I've been in that dance class. I could have taken that dance class for twenty years. At the end of 20 years, I do not become a teacher because of taking class. I only become a teacher after I leave the school, I go out into the world, and I compete among those who are masters to show that to show myself approved. Then I can come back and say, no, I was in this video or I was in this stage performance because now I know the things that I've learned, I'm in the degree of fruition. In the Quran, it tells us that a true leader walks the walk. A true leader is someone who's done who's done the things that they speak about. The Quran says that a tree can point the way. A tree can point the way. So when you have all these people who are self-appointed, this self-appointed that. And they're not, they can't tell you anything that they've accomplished themselves. And I'm not talking about small stuff. I'm talking about what have you accomplished on a large level that will put you in position to be able to be over a crowd of people or giving out information. Do you know that your information is correct? And most of them don't. Uh, you know, I hope that answers the question. And answers the question of those who may have a, a, different, a different question in different form that really is the same also. We have to really start respecting government. We have to start respecting titles. We really, really do. We really do. 
Indeed, that definitely answers my question, family. I appreciate it. Thank you. Islam. Now, I'm going to read about the feds. Because we see a lot of people who were the feds, certain color feds, because they think that mm, it's true. It's nice. It goes with what I'm wearing. Or uh, I've been studying for um, X amount of time, so I think that I should just wear this fez. I've been studying for two or three years, so I'm supposed to just wear the black fez because, you know, um, I said that I'm ready. So let's see, since everybody, everybody, um, for the most part, runs to and goes to RV Bay Publications for a lot of the information. Let's see um, what it says about the feds. Now, it says the feds is ancient and modern national headdress of the Moabitess Moors. The fez is a brimless headdress, most commonly produced in scarlet red with an ebony black tassel. The red fez is matched by the red field displayed in the Moorish National Standard Flag. This fez is also produced in black, white, and other color variations, indicating other meanings, social order positions. So before we go into it, they just said, before we go into what the degrees of this of this information, it just said that the color of the feds represents social order positions. So let's read about the black fez. The black fez is the highest degree The black fez is the highest degree. Read it again. The black fez is the highest degree. It is worn by. So now, this is about to tell you who is supposed to wear a black fez. That's what they're about to tell you. Who's supposed to wear a black fez? It is worn by the Musty or Mohammedan judge, Moors unit. Moors Unity, excuse me, Moors United Front Towards Islam. Musty, Moors United Front Towards Islam. Enforcement and security. The one who wears it symbolizes that he, she, knows law in full. Now, let me read that again. The one who wears it 
symbolizes that. He, she knows law in full and is able to defend it, including, including knowledge of martial arts, defense physically and spiritually, liking to the martial arts degree of the black belt. So my question, my question becomes, why do we got so many people wearing the black face? The black face is worn by the Mufti or Mohammedan judge, Moorish United Front towards Islam. Enforcement and security. The one who wears it symbolizes that he or she knows law in full and is able to defend it, including knowledge of martial arts, defense physically and spiritually, likened to the martial arts degree of the black belt. What does it mean to know law in full? See, that should be examined. What does that mean to know law in full and be able to defend it? Hmm. So that means that if you only know constitutional law, and that's the only law you know, you don't wear the black face. That means that if you only know civil law, you don't wear the black face. That means that the only thing you know is cosmological law. That's it. You don't wear the black face. That means that if you don't understand martial arts, you don't know martial arts. Defense spiritually included, and you don't wear the black face. So, the question still becomes, why are so many people wearing a black face? Why? We have to become more humble. We have to be willing to be, to be humble and wait. We need to be more comfortable wearing the red face, the maroon face. I'm going to read. Another right up here. Let me see if I can make this thing bigger. Let's see here. We'll read from the Positions Handbook. It says the Divine Temple. The temple is the house of Allah and a place where sacred ordinances are, are administered. And its inscriptive columns, extending from the foundation of the earth and reaching high into the heavens, proudly supporting our divine constitutions and principles, the continental and the Moorish American flags. Seated in the Far East, seated in the Far East. Now, why would this position be seated in the Far East? Hmm. Seated in the Far East is the Grand Sheik or Grand Sheikis. 
seated in the Far East. Seated in the Far East is the Grand Sheik or Grand Sheikis, adorned in the garb of his or her state of mind. Around him or her or his or her magistrates, ministers, and sheiks, etc. Anointing his or her head is the most important symbol of his or her office. The black fence or turban, the crown of the east, the west, the north, and the south. The universal crown of wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. So the black fez is the crown on the four corners. And it is worn by the one who is seated in the east. Who operate who operates the seat of Grand Sheik, National Grand Sheik, Grand Sheikis, National Grand Sheikis. Supreme Grand Sheik, Supreme Grand Sheik is. So why do we have so many people wearing the black feds? What's wrong with the marine maroon feds? What's wrong with that? It's the one that I wear most of the time. I'm a National Grand Sheik. I wear the maroon feds all the time, matter of fact. Most of the time when I see Mills Tower Street, he's got the maroon fez on. More of here late, the Emir's been um, wearing the uh, black fez more often. But on most of his um, demonstrations that you see on YouTube, he's wearing the maroon fez. When you see... um, Razariah or Brother Eileen, um, most of the time they're, if they're wearing fans, most of the time it's the maroon fans. So I find that interesting because we've got people coming in that are so in a hurry to wear that black fans but those who are actual master teachers or, the, or actually not in a hurry to wear it all the time. What does that tell you? You have a lot of the symbolism that is being used right now. And again, I understand it, but this is why we're having this class so that everyone can go on a better understanding of when we see things that are out of order. You have a lot of pressing of things such as the Maru, which is the pyramid. You have a lot of pressing of the circle seven rings. You have a lot of pressing of 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 um of lots of things that represent and present degrees of knowledge. 
Now, again, I understand that we are in a hurry, kind of like we're a starving child and we see food, and we just want all of our culture back. All of it, we want it back. We're starving. I get it. I get it. But even with that, that don't make us in order. It don't mean that we're in order just because we're starving. It's like if you go to somebody's house and there's an eating attitude, just because you're starving don't mean that you put both elbows on the table. Putting elbows on the dinner table is out of order. And you being starving don't make it in order. So you show up to somebody's house, you ain't ate in, ate in days, they put a grand meal in front of you, you start with the wrong course instead of starting with the, the salad, the first course, you you jump to the third course. You haven't had the salad or the soup. You want to go right to the whole, the big foods, and you got both elbows on the table. They're, they're not looking at you thinking, man, this individual is really hungry. They're looking at you thinking that this person is uncivilized. Because in civilization, there's law and order. And one of the laws at the dinner table is that you don't put your elbows on the dinner table. Well, with us, no matter how hungry we are, there's an etiquette to what we're supposed to be doing. Like I said, I get it. I do get it. Most of the time, there's a, there's a simple rule. You don't wear what you can't defend. You simply don't wear what you can't defend. We're not even talking about being um, an adept at this point. We're just talking about you don't wear what you can't defend. It's like an individual because right now MMA is so popular right now that MMA sells shirts all all over. You can get shirts in JCPenney, MMA shirts. Now, MMA may be out of order for putting it out that way. However, if you wear that MMA shirt and it says, I'm a part of the, the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu gym on such and such. Well, when someone sees you, they may want to test that theory because you got their shirt on. They may say, that's far. Oh, man, you, oh, you take uh, mixed martial arts too? Cool, man. I've been looking for a sparring partner. Now, you just showed up to the gym two or three times and bought a shirt. Walked around talking about you a part of the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu gym and now you walked yourself into a whooping because your your degree of, of understanding don't match the light you wear. I see the circle seven rings. But most people can't defend them. Most people don't even know 
what the seven means. And when I say what the seven means, I'm speaking on both sides of the coin. Do you know what it means? Why is there indentions in the circle? Why? Why why is there four indentions? Give me the whole breakdown of why there are four indentions on the circle. And then why is the seven in the middle of the circle? You're wearing the, the maroon pendant or necklace. Give me the breakdown on what the maroon stands for. What's the root? What is the what does that illuminated eye stand for? Give me both sides of the coin on it. If you can't, you shouldn't wear it. We're not even talking about you being an adept at this point. We're just talking about simply from a rule standpoint, you don't wear what you can't defend. You just don't do that. That's out of order. That's disrespecting the creed. And basically, they will tell you that you have a chance to be off or on when you go into places. And they'll also tell you that you don't wear your light or shine, you know, your light into uh, or take your light or I should say represent the light in certain types of areas and certain types of functions. In masonry, if someone sees you and they walk up to you and you're presenting your light and they greet you, And then they ask you a question. Or you they may ask you, Are you a traveling man? They ask you, How do you know you're a Mason? How do others know that you're a Mason? Because you got on the light. You gave them a certain shape or press, excuse me. You pressed their hand a certain way. Which presented yourself at a certain degree. So you're responsible for that information. Now, the interesting thing is that if you press a hand and you present yourself as to have that degree of knowledge and you can't answer the questions, in all and I'm going to go into a couple of other ones too, but in all of your sacred societies, they have a right to strip you on spot of all those emblems that you that you wear that you cannot defend. Your ring could be a ten thousand note ring, and if it has the compass and square on it, bezeled out with diamonds and they ask you a question, and you can't answer it, by right of initiation, they have the right to take it. 
because you are misrepresenting them. If you played one of the players, one of the divine nine, I love stepping, love it, grew up in it, grew up around it. My favorite fraternity when I was young was Omega Sci-Fi. I have a one of my closest kin plants Omega Sci-Fi. I love how Omega Sci-Fi steps. Love it. Gets me hyped to this very day. If I go somewhere and because I love it, when Atomic Dog steps on or comes on, on uh, and I start throwing up the cue and barking, start throwing up the sign, and one of the frat walks up to me and starts asking me when did I pledge. And I'm like, oh, man, you know, I just, I mean, I just love y'all, man. I just, you know. Uh, I, I mean, I'm down with y'all, man. I just, I just love y'all. That's not gonna end well because those people have sweat and sometimes bled for that. This thing is on such a level as it's actually inbred into us to understand things from this perspective. Even in the mundane games, no matter whether it's Bloods, Crip, whether you are Mafia, whether you are Yakuza, whether you are White Dragon Society, whatever it may be, Russian, Mafia, doesn't matter. There is an initiation process that everybody goes through before you can call yourself a part of that Society. I'm only on the call on the call with uh, the Emir uh, about about a couple months ago, and we were talking about this subject. And his words was, you know, what people don't realize is that great seal is a degree of knowledge. He said, right now, we have a lot of people running around calling themselves great seal. But great seal represents a body of knowledge. So to say I'm great seal automatically means that I have a certain body of knowledge. Automatically, to say that, that's what it means. He said, and, and if people can't um, tell you about the, the uh, Federal Reserve Act, if they don't know what the coup d'etat is, coup d'etat is of 1861, If they don't understand the uh, the Max Templar, if they don't understand 1492, all these different things, the Federal Reserve Act, if they don't understand them, then they're not great seal. It's a degree of knowledge. You understand the Zodiac Constitution. 
It's a degree of knowledge. What we have to start doing with those who are actually within these different adapt chambers and schools who went through them or who've been tapped on the shoulder, those who are actually been given permission, those people have to start holding others accountable. And that accountability looks like making sure that when we're in different places that the craft is represented, presented properly. Making sure that things are taught and that people understand the passages of initiation. And this does not look, you know, come from looking like necessarily what people understand to be secret societies from a, a negative standpoint. That comes based on people's ignorance of what these things are for. But this comes from understanding that the priesthood is ancient and that in order to carry it on, you can't allow people to misrepresent it because once someone says that they're great seal and they start speaking in misnomers and lies, then you automatically are doing harm to great seal. That is what you see on YouTube right now, which is the reason on a, almost on a daily basis I have someone asking me about birth certificate identification and 9-8 numbers because you have people who are falsely representing themselves as great seal and a part of the Morris Science Temple who are pushing birth certificate identification, who are pushing 9-8 numbers. And it has to do with the fact that those who we've become soft on order, we become soft on it. We turn a blind eye to order. We, we, we have gotten soft now. We no longer are willing to say anything or stand up and say, hey, hey no, this is how we have to do it <clears throat> because we have to keep order. And that's okay. There has to be a record of order kept so that the movement can be kept pure. Even the prophet came back when he seen that you had false false teachers, people who were against the prophet trying to come into the temples. He came back into those same temples and kicked those people out. He was like, no, brother, you got to go. This is not what we're doing. This is not what we're doing. And they had to go because the prophet understood that if you allow people to claim to be with you and they're teaching and they're doing false teaching, then you are just as responsible as they are for what's going on. So we're coming up on the end of the show. If you have any questions uh, or any comments, go ahead and push one. Uh, I'm going to go back over the announcements. Um, and then we'll probably, you know, exit out of here. As a reminder, uh, we have the study classes that are in the um, 
Sacramento territory biweekly on Saturday. And it's a 43-11 Aqua. That's off of 12th Avenue. If you want to get on the list of that, you can email 95, spelled out 9, spelled out 5, at prodigy.net to get on the email list for that. You also have a study class that goes on in the Oakland Territory at 3100 Telegraph, 3100 Telegraph. And that's every Thursday at 7 p.m. If you're new and you're coming, you want to send an email to me at northgatebay, B-E-Y, at gmail.com. So I can give you instructions on how to get up and um, what needs to be done. If you have not reserved your seat for the seminar October 15th and the lecture October 16th with Emir Tashtarik Bay and myself, you need to get that done. You need to get it done now. You need to go to <clears throat> North or go to PayPal, and for the Oakland seminar, you pay NorthgateBay at gmail dot com, and for the Sacramento lecture, you pay nine five spelled out nine n i n e f i v e at Prodigy.net. The contribution now for the Oakland Territory Seminar is 40 notes. The contribution now for the Sacramento Lecture is 30 notes. Again, there is limited seating, so do not wait to the last minute because you literally may not be able to get in. There are to- you know, two totally different events, um, and they are both designed differently. So if you want to come to both, fine. If you want to choose one, that works also. It's up to you. One, The one in Oakland is a seminar, so it is a ten, an all-day thing from 10 to 5. And the one in Sacramento starts at, on Sunday, and it's from 3 to 7. We also have the... Um, online store for more Unity clothing that you can find at squareup, squareup.com forward slash store forward slash more dash unity dash clothing. Please trade with us your finance for our quality products. All the products are in store, so they were sent out um, usually next day or within 48 hours, depending on which day you order. And with that, I say Islam. We'll be back on next week. I appreciate you taking the time to join, um, join in the discussion today. Peace and love.
is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.